Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. And Rob, uh, I I see it appears, or at least you told me, that you are in in process of getting your studio changed over and you're on the roadcaster now. Yeah, I'm on... I'm trying to get all the settings figured out. I just got it all configured late last night, so trying to get it uh, all working. I've got a whole new studio set up here, and so it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 great. It seems to be interesting trying to work with uh, trying to patch in um, some audio from Clubhouse, which is what I was playing around with earlier. So it seems to be working okay now. So, well, that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's still anyway. a little premature to do it for this show, but maybe <laughs> we can do it on Saturday or something like that. Yeah, so we're using Riverside.fm again today. So big shout out to them. Thanks for uh, the use of the platform. But, uh, boy, it hasn't been a busy week at all, and podcasting is slow, all quiet, no no, no crises on the Western <laughs> Front at all. <laughs> right. So I didn't see your uh, your company targeted on the list of uh, getting attacked. So no. Yeah. But you but you know what's interesting about that is we've had some issues in years past where oh yeah you know yeah. someone tried to too new. Right. No, nothing too new. So, you know, we've we've had some attacks before and it's just like anything else. Everyone's gonna get their time in the barrel and you're and you're and you learn from that. <laughs> um you know, unfortunately some of these uh services are locked in verticals and then when the site goes down, the show goes down. And I don't know if that happened on all the situations, but I know a couple of people's feeds were down. I think Captivate did okay, it sounds like, but Podbean, uh, they had huge number of RSS feeds that were not available for, I don't know, three or four hours. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I really kind of thought about that a little bit and wondering about their infrastructure over there. But um, it is what it is. And say, who else was got in the barrel? Buzzsprout, uh, uh, Spreaker. So they all got their time, and then it sounded like from the Pod News article that the individual that was doing the denial service attack just won a little money to, to yep. take care of his sick mother. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't you know, I believe it, any of that story that, that James, but, of course, James didn't believe it either when he posted on it. Uh, uh, of course, but <clears throat> I think if we look at this realistically, um you can pay for a denial of service attack. They're readily available. They're very inexpensive to run. You just uh, Bitcoin them some cash, right. and they fire up a server, and they target uh, a domain name, and it's usually a flood attack. And you know, you, it's just you, a little you, script kitty game that people like to play, right? Yeah, and and it doesn't take a you know, doesn't take a lot of expertise to initiate one of those attacks now. The, for people that are really trying to be nefarious about it, they just they just pay the money and have someone else do it. But I don't know what this individual did or if he had his own servers or what. But yeah, um, that's what you call uh, resource utilization overutilization. <laughs> you yeah, know, I mean, it just basically floods the servers the flood, with yeah. uh, requests. So, but <clears throat> I'll go back to what I've said before. Uh, podcasters that have their own dot coms that control their own RSS feeds. Uh, you know, unless your site is attacked, um, 
Keaton Central was at once. We had, I had two or three days where a guy was coming after me. And um, it wasn't so critical because I knew what was going on. And uh, I just basically paid for three or four days worth of protection from another service until the, the storm stopped and they figured out I wasn't going to pay them. But the average podcaster probably's site will never, ever, ever be attacked unless they've done something to piss somebody off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be an ongoing problem either. So this is just one guy, you know, trying to make a couple of bucks and mm-hmm. he's going to move on because he wasn't successful. <laughs> but it is curious that they that they went after the top-level domains and, you know, a lot of our stuff is not top-level domains. Some stuff is, but, uh, yeah, you know, anyone anyone that gets one of these denial service attacks, your website's going to get crushed. It's There's not a lot you can do. Now, you can implement – there's there's lots of uh, services out there that helps you from this type of activity, and I'm sure that big companies like Microsoft and Apple, they employ that all the time at, to a great extent or great cost. And but you know they've got great budgets. They don't have to worry about, uh, you know, spending an extra thousand dollars or five thousand or ten thousand dollars a month to protect from denial of service attacks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think but it's a big it can issue. get expensive, you know, for someone to run on a daily basis to have protection. But mm-hmm. I did notice though, I was a little little disheartened with some of the response I saw on Facebook by some people calling out specific hosts and blaming them for not being prepared and you know walk a day in these these uh these service provider shoes and maybe it won't be so critical yeah i don't think i mean these kind of attacks can be waged against any any website any platform right it's not a there's really it's not a huge amount that you can do to prevent it um well, there are things you can put in front of it to stop it. it. Yeah, right. you can defend against it. You can defend it. against it, but mm-hmm. once it's initiated, right. that's when you have to move fast. Yeah. To, to and it. I won't even talk about the tech we have employed, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't run that continuously. That tech to provide pre- pre- prevent a denial service attack is basically it's a layer that I don't turn on until I have to. Mm-hmm. And then all I have to do is really flip a switch and I'm, I can be protected, but it's still, it's a matter of, okay, we're under attack. You know, how long does that take to figure out 10, 15 minutes? And then if it's happening in time when you're awake and not sleeping, you know, there's all kinds of response times, but it looks like most of this happened during business hours, which was kind of curious too. Someone mm-hmm. wants to hit you. They hit you about 7 PM on a Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 I thought Todd, it was interesting. I was reading the 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 Rain News <clears throat> publication, and they had an article in there talking about um, you know s- s- some of the big radio networks and what they're doing around podcasting. And you start thinking about the melding of the radio side um, in with podcasting and how aggressively that's happening right now. Uh, Cumulus. Um, shared some data saying that they've seen a 40% growth in their revenue based on podcasting. <clears throat> and, but yet they also have come out and said publicly that they plan no, um, 
no intention to join the acquisition rush that we've um, seen over the last couple of years. So it sounds like the Cumulus folks are going to build it um, internally or they're going to hire their way to to building the podcasting stuff. And it sounds like they're they're making it work. But I think if you look at some of the other larger larger radio companies like uh iheart they've they basically bought their way into the industry right versus building it inside of their own mm-hmm. um, companies so cum- right? cumulus said it generated 40 percent additional revenue for the company or the podcast division they actually it looks like that uh they said overall digital revenue grew 12% year over year, uh, led by 40% growth. Uh, let's say led by 40% growth in the company's podcasts. So it's growth hmm. of podcasts, uh, but the company grew 12% year over year. So that was and interesting. The, and the podcast piece grew 40%. So, right. Which there is a portion thereof of that 12% total growth. Right. Which you have no idea how that breakdown is could end they up being two really percent. Yeah, that. right. Yeah, they don't they don't break down what part of that twelve percent was. So you know, in all honesty, all right, let's use some just some round numbers here. Let's say right. you're making ten bucks a month on your podcast, and they have forty percent growth. <laughs> okay, that's big growth, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there's there a little context there would be good. Right. But <laughs> but. They left that's that little piece you, out, right? That's not how you spin a press release. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It is about spin, yes. Yeah, it is. Yep. So, well, that's so, uh, it's, it's good that to see that that, yeah. that is, uh, you know, any positive news we can hear from the radio folks on success with podcasting is always good. <laughs> yeah, and then it, the, the acquisition of Triton uh, right. in iHeart, which is... Uh, which is an interesting development on that side. Uh, iHeart definitely feels like they need to roll up the industry as much as they can, but Triton is really more of a of a holdover from the online radio side. Yeah. And the radio and industry, streaming. too. Yeah. Right. And streaming. So it's a little bit of a podcast play, but it's a lot of a, a digital audio play yeah, as Triton, well. Triton, you know, if, if, you know, go back and just think back a few years uh you know, Triton kind of added podcasting as a, I wouldn't say an, an afterthought, right. as an add-on, yeah, <laughs> right. but, you know, and so a lot of people think Triton is purely a podcast play. It's not at all. Anyone in the industry that's been around for a while will, will know that. It's right. absolutely right. not purely a podcast play. Yeah. It's more streaming. <clears throat> Matter of fact, it's probably 95% streaming and 5% podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the they they launched their own um, ranker podcast ranker too of mm-hmm. which um, I guess the the little scuttlebutt on this is that um, that iHeart wasn't listed in that Triton ranker they were listed in the the um, PodTrack one oh. um, so this may you know bring those two ranker charts together <laughs> to some degree right right so so we shall see on that. Yeah, there was a. I <coughs> excuse me. I've got to get into my Twitter account because I'm in the podcast awards one right now. Let me log out of that. And I had someone had maybe you got the DM too um, from 
someone that was talking about the, oh, of course, I got to get my third party authentication code. Uh, let me look here. All right, 984056. All right, let me enter that in. <laughs> Probably it's the same code used every time, and someone's going to steal my account now. Um, so the message I got, let me see if I can find it, the direct message. Ah, there we go. It was from Isaac, and uh, he shared a tweet from Jay Kapoor. Um, he says, Spotify's acquisition history in podcasting, $230 million for Gimlet, $150 million for Anchor, $56 million for Paracast, $200 million for The Ringer, $235 million for Megaphone, $100 million for JRE exclusivity. That's $971 million by one company in at least 24 months on an industry did slightly over $1 billion in 2020 in revenue. <laughs> so if you look at Spotify spend and you now look at iHeart spend, I I don't know. Someone should be able to do the math for us and send us that too. But they're all spending money like, you know, sailors on a shore leave. Yeah, yeah, and it it seems like uh, I think I heard it um, posted somewhere that uh, Spotify spent almost a billion dollars on podcasting for an industry that's only generated um, up. Not even quite a billion dollars yeah, in that's, total that, ad yeah, revenue. That's what, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was the numbers I just, yeah, 970 yeah, yeah, yeah. million. Yeah. Right. So that's right. uh, a big, big amount of cash. and Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, the uh, probably the bigger event happened was the, uh, the big Spotify live stream extravaganza where they've uh, announced a few initiatives in the podcasting space, primarily premium podcasting is coming to anchor at some point. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, here's the thing about premium. Um, it works for some shows. But again, maybe 5%. You know, so, you know, if, if a podcaster is just getting started out, that hasn't really built a big audience think they're going to do good with premium. You know, they, they, they got to build an audience first. You know, that's what people can, you know, all these deals, all these features, all these things, but it revolves around one thing. Got to build audience. If we don't build audience. Then it doesn't really matter if we have all this stuff. Yeah. So I, I think that that's something we're just going to have to continue to, to watch and, you know, one of my main goals is to make sure that, you know, to help podcasters grow. That's that's a big part of my mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the key to all this for, for all of us. We gotta keep podcasters podcasting and and keep people excited about the the medium of podcasting and and that it's open to anyone. I think there's I kinda worry that a, a lot of these big companies coming into the medium is, you know, there's a danger of scaring people off a little bit that there is an opportunity mm -hmm. here. And I think that there, that there is more than ever. Um, you know, we're getting to a point now where the, the distribution of podcasting, you know, is, is getting pretty, pretty huge. Uh, and it's only going to grow here. That, 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 that's thing. I'm not sure a lot of people in the industry comprehend this, but we're not done with the expansion of the distribution side of podcasting. It's, 
there's big platforms still coming and Soon. other ones around the world are, are still establishing connections with the content. So, right. And, you know, you think about the U S market, um, you know, distribution is pretty good, but yeah. global distribution, it's a whole different story. Right. I was talking with a company that is building, well, you better be careful. Yeah, I guess I can say it. I know that they're building a podcast app in Germany. And uh, I got to talk to them quite a bit about um, what's going on in Germany in podcasting. And they say there's about 20,000 shows in Germany right now that um, are, are doing shows. So if you think about, you know, Germany's a pretty big country from a population standpoint. There's a lot of growth opportunity in just that country alone, considering that there's only 20,000 podcasters still. I'm talking about being able to easily break out. Um, you know, that's a country you should be able to do well in if you speak German. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's, I think a lot of growth is going to happen outside of the U.S. Um, that we're, we're going to see happen over the next uh, couple of years. I, I'm just really curious, you know, how things are going to change from an industry perspective once we start coming out of this COVID um, lockdown and how, how things are going to change, um, you know, how many events we're going to go to, what's the activity, what's the balance between online events and in-person events, uh, and how that's going to change the dynamic of the industry um, of how how podcasters get engaged and how people are learning about podcasting too. So uh, it'll my, be interesting to see. My yeah. prediction is that uh, virtual would rapidly decline. Because as soon as people feel comfortable getting out, they're going to want to get out. They're going to have the freedom to get yeah. out. They're going to, they're tired of being locked up in their houses. So I fully think that the on the in-person events, once people feel safe to travel, are going to explode. Yeah. People have a need to, you know, be face-to-face -face and talk. You know, it's just the virtual thing is just, you know, the way I look at virtual right now is, okay, I've got an hour to listen to a session. Mm -hmm. But I don't have eight hours to participate in a conference. Yeah. Whereas you get on an airplane and you fly to Nashville, you've got 12 hours to focus on a conference, have some dinner, do networking, go to sleep, rinse, repeat for two or three, four days. And you come out of that event with recharge, new ideas, new connections. Uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing. Um, and I know these folks are trying to do a good job with these online events, but the engagement is not there. Right. Right. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to, <clears throat> I tend to agree. I mean, there's not as many events that, you know, I'm, I'm getting involved in that are larger scale. There's just a ton of like these one-off things that are going on. Um, that don't really, that aren't trying to aggregate huge amounts of people together. Yeah. And your and I's perspective is a little different too. We're coming in from a vendor standpoint, an individual podcaster, maybe it's perfect for them. Maybe they say, okay, I want to learn about this topic yeah. and they can cherry pick two or three things to attend. And maybe that ends up being exactly what they need, you know, to get their fix on training. Um, but you know, I think the the in-person events really is 
ultimately I'm, well, I'm hoping we're back in person, you know, by mid year. I'm at least planning on it. Yeah. No, I, I think, I mean, I'm hearing about multiple events that are popping up for, for June. So there's things that are going to start happening as early as June. I, I think, um, you know, Podfest down in Orlando is coming up in June. Right. So, you know, I would imagine you're going to go down to that, right? Yeah, we'll be, well, if it's in person, we'll be there. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, that's a given. <clears throat> so I just, uh, June, but if you, <laughs> all right, we're February, Rob, February, February 24th. We're coming up on right. March. So they haven't even started second phase of vaccines. So it's still like 70 plus year old people and people that are in the healthcare industry and first responders. They haven't even got through that batch yet to get to the next level. And this is, we're already almost March 1st and there's going to be an event in June, March. They, I'm going to be honest with you. The government's got to get their ass in gear or there is going to be no conference in June. Well, now, I know in Florida, there's a lot of places around the country that, uh, you know, um, they're getting stuff out fast. I, I, I know I have the prospect of getting a vaccine and on March, uh, the beginning of March 1st. Wow. So, so yeah, I, I think things are going to ramp up, uh, pre- pretty fast here as you move into the next two to three months. So, so yeah. you know, Florida is open anyway, so they don't have to worry that event will, will go on. There's a big event, big political event going on there this week anyway. So that, you know, hasn't stopped mm-hmm. that event from happening. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting how the dynamics will change. And, you know, if you haven't had to, you know, the healthcare workers and stuff that have had to wear an a-, a mask for eight to 12 hours, um, understand this frustration, but I don't think most people have had, you know, they wear a mask to go into a store or get groceries or, you know, but they haven't spent eight to 10 hours in a mask all day long. Uh, I think the prospect of that may, if people are still wearing masks after the vaccine, which it sounds like it's going to happen, I just think people are, when they think about, I got to be in a mask for eight or 10 hours? Really? I think some yeah. of the people say no, just on that yeah. fact alone. Yeah. Wow. I don't like being in a mask for eight hours straight. It sucks. I, You know, and that's what healthcare workers are, even longer, 12 hours or more, you know? So... Be a lot of red noses. You know what that is, right? Mm. It's from the mask, right? you know, rip, rubbing oh, on the, bri- okay. yeah, the, the bridge of your bridge of your nose. Ah, uh, got so. it. I guess the the host of the gist, Mike Pesca. I guess he's been suspended by Slate. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did, and he said something that I guess got him canned or suspended. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that, and again, I don't know exactly what he said, but it was enough to... Uh, Yeah, it was some context of um, whether people who are not black um, should be able to use a racial slur. Just kind of an odd thing to talk about, anyway. Oh, what? Okay. Uh, 
No, someone that whether or not someone that's not black would be able to use a racial slur. What? Uh, nobody should be. Well, it doesn't that, say what the racial slur was. But. I can, you know, let your imagination flow on that one. But yeah, hmm, yeah. So I don't well, know. I, I mean, th- there had to be more to that context than that. He must have been arguing yeah. for. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the yeah. what the context. It's not in the the news article that I'm saying, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, r- racial topic right now is uh is uh is definitely a sensitive topic right now mm-hmm. yeah so there's a lot of a lot of change happening in that area that people need to be um well that's of. a that's a minefield you get into right. those type of topics right. you know buyer beware you, you might suffer the consequences of saying something you shouldn't so yeah hmm. yeah yeah that's uh I guess there's not much else to say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> yeah. No, so, no, 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 no. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I think what else is going on? Um uh podcast oh, the, there's movement, all kinds of the university oh, yeah. is is doing stuff, I guess is now free. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. The, I'm going to be on there sometime in March. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing I'm, doing some stuff with it too. Yeah. Yeah, so so they, you know, they're trying to, you know, get back to the community and build information and fill this information gap and of course I did see a newsletter came out today from the Podcast Academy talking about they've been uh, reviewing the entries for the Ambies. Yeah, right. And we'll yeah. be announcing that. Did you uh, get involved in any of that? Oh, yeah. I've been involved in all of that. <laughs> There's also a, a, a new branding coming for the organization, too. A whole new logo and brand and all this kind of, kind of stuff that we're working on, too. The, the Ambie Awards... Um, you know, is going through a complete remodel as well. So everything is kind of getting, um, getting a big upgrade. So well, that's what we've been working on. They haven't called me to license my award site yet, so I guess they don't need it. Well, maybe <laughs> not quite yet. <laughs> let's let's walk before we run. Is the yeah. is the motto that that we we like to talk about at the company and it's are at the uh at the podcast academy so i mean there's a lot of a lot of serious stuff going on there so yeah and my model's a little different anyway from the way you know the way it's paced out it's built for how we do the awards and how someone else does them yeah but i think uh, what you're doing there and how you're doing it is certainly a a valid one um it's looking at the listener side and letting them choose what's what's good I think, you know, like with the with the podcast awards, it's it, it's just you know with the Ambies, it's it's a little different. It's from a um, from the membership of the organization are the ones that are selecting the 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 winners, which will come up with a complete probably a different set of winners um, mm-hmm. based on a full little of bit all of a different stand- different yeah. criteria, right? And full of those biases, I guess that would be introduced by podcasters reviewing and voting on podcasters. 
Yeah. You know, so, (laughs) you know, I think that no model is perfect because believe me, I've I've gotten blasted uh, seven ways a Sunday on different ways we've done stuff in the past. And so far, the method I'm on now (laughs) has had the least amount of uh, viral, how should we say it, feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that you're model is it is valid and i think it's a great companion to what the podcast academy is doing because i think it's two ends of the spectrum it's one is more from the listener vote um mm-hmm. the other one is you know to some degree it's still listeners it's just a smaller set of listeners uh so you have a different um judging methodology a different criteria that you're looking for um i think yours tends to be a little bit more probably based on to some degree, popularity to some degree. I, yeah, I don't know I if that's it, necessarily true, but. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that I will, you know, we'll get the slate from the, you know, from the listener nominations. Right. And right. I always look through that slate and I'm like, all right, there's obviously a big show here, a big show there, you know, two or three maybe smaller shows. And you would think that that would carry over into the actual then voting. And um, I oftentimes am amazed at how close, uh, you know, there might be 2,087 uh, votes for the number one, 2,095 for the second. You know, it really blows me away often on the separation between winning and losing. And we've actually had shows that tied we got the same amount of number of final votes, um, and then basically what we do is we we do a fallback. We go back and then um, we look then at the uh, the total number of nominations that they got and see who had a higher number of total number of nominations in the initial phase. And that's but that's only ever happened one time in one category. So um, it is. Uh, it is an interesting dynamic. Now, this year's what's going to be completely off the chart. We'll no, have no idea how um, we didn't set the registration up so that you could register for three categories at once. So I can't see how many people are registering in multiple categories. But um, I am seeing the registration counts for some of the new categories and there's lots of opportunity there so if if you are uh, and i'll just leave it at that if you are a latin podcast if you are uh, a black produced podcast uh, or even um uh asian there's some real opportunity there um to, to, to get your show nominated so i think there'll be some some opportunities in some of these new categories too so time will tell yeah, and I think here in the next year, and I'm I'm certainly seeing a lot of buzz is is, is around fictional stuff. I think we're we're, we're going to see more content coming out of the fictional um, genre as we look to the balance of the year, and as you as we look to coming out of this, I think we're we're, we're just going to see a lot more interest from the fictional side start to come to the medium, and I think that is kind of like the the new genre that's going to expand here in the next couple of years. Right. Well, I, you know, I think that, uh, time will tell on those and how they, on how they break out. Yeah. And Steve, Steve Wilson is going to come on eventually on, on, onto the show, uh, after you get back and, and he's working for a company, 
uh, called Q Code, and they that's what they're focusing on is fictional podcasts. So so hopefully we'll be able to get him to talk about that genre. He's been I mean by then he will have been there long enough to really get indoctrinated into the company uh, culture and what's going on there, and I'm sure he'll be able to share a lot. Right. more detail about that genre as we look to the future. So we did get a comment on the last show. And the comment was basically that you and I are more focused when we do audio only, which is kind of curious. Maybe we don't get as distracted with, you know, people that are on the <laughs> online piece, uh, you know, throwing us spitballs and stuff. Right. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. There's less distraction of our, our our attention when there's less less visuals, right? So. so I did find one thing interesting on the Anchor and WordPress announcing a partnership where a you can take and create text to speech version of your podcast. So they're going to not that this has never been done before. Um, they're going to basically take the text from your blog post and make it audio and then make it a podcast, and then submit it to Apple Podcast. nothing can go wrong there. Nothing. Yes, nothing can go wrong there. (laughs) (laughs) So all of you entrepreneurs, and here's what's going to happen. People are going to launch a WordPress site, and they are going to fill it with infomercials. It's going to be keyword-laden stuff that's going to be promoting something (laughs) and there's going to be a thousand of those shows or more that are going to be on apple podcasts that are nothing but shows that are on blog posts that are infomercials nothing is going to go wrong there did (laughs) have they not yet learned (laughs) right well i guess if they can get the the what the voice capture um you know, computers to be able to spit out stuff that actually um, sounds okay when when an article is read, which is what's challenging about that is that people typically write articles um, in a way that is good for reading, but not so much mm-hmm. for speaking, right? So right. you have a, a definite more of a mechanical sound to a, to a, a transcribed written article into audio. It, it never sounds quite right. <laughs> you know, just imagine a robot. And I just went to my personal website and imagine a robot reading this. ABC News reported Facebook will walk back its block on Australian users sharing news on its site after the government agreed. And it would be it would be bland. It wouldn't be with no annotation like I'm making. Agreed to make the amendments to the proposed media bargaining <laughs> laws that would force major. Do people really? That, that's written. That's not how you and I right. are going to say, hey, Rob, Rob the, uh, the Facebook reversed the decision on the ban of Australian news and Facebook. Isn't that a cool move? That's how a podcast is done, not ABC News reported. Facebook will walk back. It's blocked on Australian users. That is, <laughs> and people have been doing that for that yeah. voice to text podcast stuff has been going on for oh, more than yeah. 10 years. Well, and there's no breathing. A computer doesn't breathe, so you don't right. have those natural pauses that a human has. I'm so, trying to think of the site yeah. that was really guilty of that. They created so much crap. Um, well, there's oh, been I various companies o- yeah. over the years that have tried to 
to do take newspaper articles and create audio out of them. I mean, so, so Apple, if you're listening, <laughs> Apple, if you're listening, you have to stop this automated well, I, submission stuff. Yeah, and I think that like the the big newspapers are doing it too, like the New York Times and things like that. I think you ha- have the option to listen to the article and not read it. So that's but the kind what of this thing will, that What doing. this will generate is podcasts. I could do my site. Hey, why not? Do Geek News Central and uh, have the uh, Geek News Central neuro- news version of the show. And please, right. please, Apple, stop allowing the automate. At least make the entry to bear to the people that are going to exploit this, um, this new quote unquote feature. Um, please stop this from happening because otherwise, I, I, people have no idea. Because people that are in the business of trying to. There's legitimate uses. New York Times, legitimate. Okay? But what you're going to see is a whole bunch of people that are doing this in order to what they think is going to help them get exposure to their product or business and doing it in a very scummy way. Yeah. Well, it's just not going to be very engaging audio. That's the thing. I mean. I mean, I think the industry is moving towards more professionally produced content, not the other way around, not the other direction. So, so let's say you have a um, car dealer, and he's called the Acme Car Sales Company, and he's got the Acme Car Sales website with the Acme Car Sales blog. And Acme Car Sales wants to sell cars, so they're going to write a, bo- a blog post about their 2017 Tahoe that they have on the lot on a special deal. It's available today for eighty nine ninety five. Come drive it off the lot today, and that is the article that ends up as a podcast episode on Apple Podcast. That's what we're going to see. Yeah, right. and that's just kind of a you know. Todd's 15 second makeup story of, but people have gotten very creative over the years of putting in crap. So, and it's, you know, you could, you could create up, oh, hey, Rob, that's what we'll do. We'll use a random word generator. We'll create a blog and uh, we'll call it the random words website. And all we'll do is we'll have six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand words in each blog post that are random words. So, and then we'll, we'll do this uh, text-to-voice, and we'll end up with something like platforms, true, and decide, news, including publisher, agreement. They're just reading words Great. <laughs> as a podcast. Woohoo! Compelling wow. content. It is. It is. <laughs> so, see how quickly this can go sideways? But yes, no, it no, can, very quickly. No, no, no. We're going to make this as a cool new feature. Oh, it always cracks me up when people call stuff new. Yeah, and I have no so, clue. So, Todd, are you getting getting asked to to join Clubhouse sessions, or are you what's what's going on with your involvement? I'm not with really the paying attention. Thing? I'm not really paying too much attention to Clubhouse. Ah, uh, got it. So right. I'm not in there three, four hours a night. I, who can do that? Yeah, yeah. I I'm not in there actually that 
that much, but I am trying to plan some events and things over there. And if we can, this Saturday, I'll try and patch in a, a session over there into our, our, our show, unless we only want to do um, Clubhouse on our Wednesday edition of the show, Todd. I, I don't know if, you know, if we've decided on that yet. We can do, you know, we can try it this coming Saturday, see how it works out. Yeah. And okay. uh, so if you want to, we don't have a group or a room. So how do you do that if you don't have a group? Oh, how do you? I, you just create a create a session. I mean, you just create an event. Is what you no, do? You can you create an event and schedule correct. it? Is that what correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be a um, a club per se. Ah, okay. Though I probably will be making making a club in there soon. It's just that I have to do. They have a certain amount of requirements that you have to um, adhere to before they'll give you a club. I think you have to do like um, one or two weekly sessions for a couple of weeks before they'll actually give you a club. But, but from what I heard that eventually they're going to give everybody the ability to create a club. So when that happens, watch club club overload. Yes. At that point. Yeah. Be part of my club, please, please join my club. But I have seen a lot more activity with Twitter spaces over the last uh, week. Um, I'm seeing at least two or three Twitter spaces showing up in my Twitter um, wall, uh, mm. like constantly. So they're definitely ramping up the the Twitter spaces stuff. So so we'll see how that works out here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be fun. So again, a lot more distractions. And I, you know, I really, if you know, if you're a podcaster, don't. Don't always chase the shiny lure. You have to continue to do the the right. basics. And if you can yeah. figure out you can build community there, then that's fine. But, you know. Yeah, I would just a, treat it as a, it depends on what you're, what you like to do. If you like to do live, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting place to engage with your show listeners, you know, create a separate event or something like that over there Mm -hmm. um, that maybe is a companion to your podcast. Or if if you want to play around with bringing in some guests into your show, I mean, it's, but not that many show formats, podcasting formats kind of cater to that. Um, And it could create kind of a very distracted listening experience for, for listeners to your podcast, you know, like what we've seen here with our own show here with the, with the new media show that our listenership goes up when it's just Todd and I, uh, versus right. when we bring anybody else into the show. So, um, you know, it's, you kind of have to, there has to be some value there for you to put your audience through that type of a situation. So Todd, I, I didn't actually, notice that the uh, rain folks are on, on the verge of having their, um, uh, their new rain podcast business summit that's going on on March 3rd. It's a Wednesday. Hmm. Who are the sponsors of that event? The same old suspects. Yeah. uh, I heart radio, Stitcher, Triton, NPR, target spot, megaphone. Those folks. Brian Moffat from National Public Media. He's going to be one of the keynoters there, and James Cridlin as well. Uh, it looks like they're going to be talking about um, 
they have a whole lead session talking about Clubhouse. So you know, I I think those yeah. I, I like the rain guys. I, I do a lot, and if they listen to the show, I'm sorry, but it's a lot of people talking to themselves. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's a fairly um, it, it's a fairly small community, um, and that yeah, I mean, it is about building and networking relationships amongst uh, an industry or or a community, right? So. And it's not a entirely inclusive community of the broader podcasting space either. No, it's, no. it's not entirely podcast focused. It's more online radio. You know, a lot of the companies that are <clears throat> that are associated with Rain tend to come out of the radio industry. I just wonder with all these acquisitions then that iHeart has made. I just wonder, and and also with. Uh, Spotify, I just wonder then what their presence is going to be at uh, you know some of the future events. I know some of them are writing sponsorship checks already to some events. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't see Spotify getting too much involved in the rain stuff. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think because it caters to a different demographic reach on their marketing side. Well, they've got a platform that, you know, they, right. they did their live event. They don't need... You know, they had former President Obama on the live stream. They don't need rain, right. you know, to to promote their agenda. Right, right, yeah. So, but I yeah, just, it, I am it's interesting. I am curious to what the Apple folks are thinking about. I'd really like to hear some of those conversations going on about about Spotify over at Apple. I those well, those should be super super juicy. Of course, we'll never <laughs> ever hear, but I'm sure those are some very Industry, interesting conversations, right? Um, which I wonder will if it will cause Apple to be more reactive. You know, they've been they've been pretty steady and right. thoughtful, and not really jumping in and doing crazy things. Um, I know there was I heard something about them getting some pressure from someone. Someone was complaining, maybe it was a category that they didn't have or something. Um, gosh, where did I hear that? I guess it doesn't matter, but um, it just it'll be it'll be curious to see what happens with the uh, what the Apple team does in response to all these quote unquote big moves from both iHeart and Spotify. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, they listen to those platforms exist because they're on those apps or on the on those platforms, iOS and Android. So, I mean, I think uh, Apple's been making a lot of moves, kind of um, on their team and internally. You know, it's they've been making making some significant uh, ramp ups in their 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 internal infrastructure, right? That is going to enable them to maybe make some bigger moves as you look to the future. So, yeah. Well, one thing's for sure. We will, we will be the last to know. <laughs> well, and I, I kind of wonder, as you think about, uh, I've been thinking about this a, a, a lot lately. As, um, and I don't know what you think about this too, Todd, but as you look to the future of, you know, this is more of a technology discussion than it is specifically a podcast one, but I think it does, you know, some of the big trends in the technology area um, 
do have a, you know, a domino impact on podcasting. And, and I do kind of wonder about the operating system uh, situation as you look at Apple and you look at Google and in, in Windows with the Microsoft folks. Um, what, what we're going to see as we look to the future uh, around um, uh, mobile operating systems versus desktop operating systems. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to ultimately see the desktop operating system kind of go away um, and that we start seeing um, the mobile operating systems become the desktop operating systems that people use. So, so instead of, I've been kind of living in this world with my surface surface computer to some degree of a mobile device that's actually a more of a desktop type of device uh, and I did notice um, that Microsoft's been playing around with this new product that they have called the um, the surface duo which is a two tablet kind of like a book device um, that folds together um, but they they built uh, windows on top of Android right. so so, which leads me to think that uh, maybe that's the direction that Windows is going to go forward with is is it's going to use the code base of Android or Chrome OS, one of the two ultimately. Uh, maybe not Chrome OS because that's more of a Google operating system um, on on the mobile side, um, but building it on top of a flavor of Android. Um, I know that they've been playing around with Linux to some degree, but I think Android um, has the app ecosystem that Microsoft wants to tap into. Um, but as you look at like new surface computers in the future, I think there's a good chance that those will be basically Android devices uh, that have this, the, the layer of windows on top of them. And you look at iOS compared to the Mac OS, I can totally see iOS becoming the replacement for Mac OS. All they have to do is merge those platforms together a little bit more. I don't know what you think about that, Todd. Well, um, last quarter, their Apple got beat in laptop sales by Chrome OS and right. uh, Chromebooks. And the reason, obviously, is because of the pandemic and all the kids at home. And, you know, they're, right. they're basically using web-based apps for everything. So I think what will what's going to happen over time if you've got a generation of K-12 that are using a Chrome OS-style notebook and able mm-hmm. to do everything that they can do potentially with maybe some limitations than having a full-blown Windows or Mac laptop, um, that could spell big trouble for both Microsoft and Apple. But at the same time, you know, it's it, it, there was a, a conversation someone was talking about today, um, uh, asking what you know what platforms are people recording on Zoom or are they using Skype or and I you know I made a mention that you know we'd use Riverside and the audio quality was really really incredible because it's basically doing a double ender and uploading. There's no reason why this could not be done in a on a chromebook because it's you know we're using right. i'm using the chrome browser right now so the the potential is really there to change things in a big way i think where the 
where I maybe, maybe because I'm older, maybe because I haven't adapted as well, is I just can't see editing audio or video on anything other than um, something that has some computing power. And at the same time, I have a mouse and I'm not using my finger and those types of things. I think we got a long ways to go. You know, I, I had someone ask me the other day, should I get a, you know, he's getting ready to do a podcast. He, or he's a YouTuber and he's, and he's got a Mac, uh, not Mac Mini, uh, MacBook Air, and it's on its last legs. Should I buy an iPad Pro or should I buy a uh, MacBook Pro? And I'm like, well, personally, if it was me and budget's not an issue, I'd buy the MacBook Pro uh, just because there's more flexibility there, more power encoding, all that stuff. But on the other hand, he's been doing his video editing in iMovie, so iMovie's well adapted to use on the iPad Pro. So right. There's no right answer. I think it's personal. Well, I think preference. that there's no reason why you can't use a pointer device on iOS. Um, so it's just a matter of it gets it gets back to we've all been used to working with um, um, kind of like these this window type of concept, right? Even with Mac, right? So you have a you know kind of like a window that you can work with kind of like with with windows and i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of having that kind of a functionality built into um these these mobile operating systems because i'm sure that these tech companies would love to just work on one operating system and not have yeah, to I, work on these I, different I think, flavors of operating systems i think they have to based upon processing power too so they're limited in that regard but I you know there's merging together now I think. yeah potentially I, I and I, I think so much of a big issue now on the processor side but, but i think that apple has all pretty much stated they're not merging yet but mm -hmm. time will tell and now yeah, that i think it's coming and the whole reason that i've raised this topic um in regards to podcasting is, is that i think down the line, I think all of us are going to be producing our podcasts in um, mobile operating systems. So, you know, these platforms need to start moving that direction to some degree and becoming more mobile-centric in how they they produce content. Um, I know I'm I'm thinking more yeah. like that as I look well, to the I future think as the well. Cool thing about podcasting is is that. Recording audio has been pretty basic for many, many years on many platforms, and you pick your poison of what you want right. to work with, and there's right. no right way. Um, matter of fact, uh, to complete my thought earlier, the I had recommend Riverside, and she said, well, it doesn't work on my mobile device. And um, I said, well, you'll have to reach out to them. I'm Maybe that's because of the hooks that they've got in the Chrome browser to be able to you know, authorize certain devices to be able to be seen as an audio device. You had a little challenge getting it working with Roadcaster right. today. I did a little playing around to make sure you had the right, right hook set up. Right. Right. And it, yeah, and it would uh, break my connection to, to Riverside with different configurations that I was playing with. And I didn't, I don't think I hit mm -hmm. all the right buttons at the right time. So, and it caused a, conflict but but those are the kind of things that oftentimes happen with um with the desktop operating systems working with browsers and i th i just wonder about the future of browsers too um well i i don't foresee it the future. being no 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 because apps it's not know, changing apps right are sometimes away, no. even 
limited. You can't do everything on an app that you can do on the actual website, but you can do about 90% right. of what you need to. Rob, yep. believe it or not, we've, we've, we're in an hour with this. Yep. And uh, did we get everything through today we wanted to talk about? We're going a little shorter on the show. Partially that's me. But uh, anything else you're thinking about? No, I think that's that, that's probably plenty for this this week or uh, for for Wednesday, and then uh, we'll just plan on doing a a clubhouse supported so edition we will of the new show on Saturday here, like we um, normally do, but then make it available for people in clubhouse to come in and ask questions. Can I do it panel style? You think? Yeah, I mean, it, maybe we should talk about. Um, what the format of that might be, whether it's bringing up one guest at a time, or do, do we want to have multiple people up with I us? I think from a sanity uh, standpoint, maybe so one maybe. at a time. Um, I don't know. It's because it can become, okay. you can just get clobbered because everybody wants to talk. So if we want to control the pace here, and then right. maybe we need to set some sort of theme for the, and maybe it'd be good for this audience to hear the type of questions podcasters are thinking about that maybe they, you know, or maybe you're listening to the show and you've, you, you got questions for Rob or I on our opinions on something. So maybe a good opportunity to that. I don't have any clubhouse invites right now, so I can't really offer any up. So I apologize, but um, just ask around, uh, you know, put a plea out on Facebook or Twitter and uh, have your iPhone. And that's another thing too. It's only limited to iPhone right now. So, those of you that are Android users, don't worry. We'll have the Correct. we'll have the audio here for you as normal. Right, right. So it's just a matter of um, what after the eighth of March is yep. when we'll be back doing 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 the video again. So I don't know. Today's what's the twenty fourth of that. That'll be, be a week from Monday. So it'll be or actually yeah, it'll be the next the episode. Next the, episode. Yeah, is when we'll be back to video. The 10th. So, All right. Well, everyone, right. Uh, thanks for so, being here okay. with us today. If you haven't done so already, go over to newmediashow.com and smash that subscribe button so that you're subscribed via your device of choice, whether it be uh, an iOS or Apple device, or if you've got something older, there's options there for you too. Um, of course, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter as well, at Rob Greenlee. And you can reach me an email to robg at lipson.com and be happy to talk with you and share any insights or any little tips that you might have about what's going on in the industry. We'd love to hear For about it. For those of you we'll that are wondering, um, on the show. again, we're using riverside.fm, and I'm actually using an ATR2100 right now. Mike uh, Rob is on his SMB7 through his Roadcaster. So if you want to get a kind of a sampling of the quality uh, with me moving the microphone around my mouth here and not holding the exact same position, it'll give you a pretty good idea how their uh, their system works. But I think the quality from the last show was really good. I was really impressed in how it sounded. So, yeah, and then this uh, this roadcaster has all all sorts of sound effects too. So I don't know if you can. Uh, all right, we can probably deal with yeah, that in, in limited that. editions. So, <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks for being here. We'll see you back here on Saturday. Take care.
All right, bye.